On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Hey, what is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. We are f- celebrating the Colts' first victory of the season. The Indianapolis Colts go 1-1 one and one on the season. They defeat the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 28-11. to 11. The Colts overall thoroughly dominated the Vikings in just about every single category. And we'll get into each and every category that the Colts did dominate in. But Derek, first off, initial reaction, man, to this Colts dominating victory here in week two. Oh, man, it's certainly great to get the victory, regardless of what you say about the opponent or who it is. It's always good to get your first win of the season. It was great to see the Colts bounce back from a difficult loss in week one. Hopefully now some of our fans and the team itself can kind of just be like, okay, we can do this. We kind of just need to calm down. Let's just focus for the next week because we got the first win out. Let's just kind of build this momentum because now we're into a part of the schedule where things are going to start getting better for us. Hopefully some wins where we can potentially get. And after this game, I mean, it's certainly great to see given what the Colts uh, showed and improved on. Absolutely. And let's, let's just dive into this. Let's start with the offense. I mean, the Colts, Outsnapped the Vikings by 20 plays. They had 67 to, as opposed to the Vikings, 47. The Colts almost doubled the Vikings' total yards. The Colts had 354 yards. Vikings had 175. Each team had 10 drives, but here's something that's really telling. The Colts had an average of 5.3 yards per play. The Vikings had 3.7. Uh, when it comes to the passing, the Colts were 19-25 to 25 for 203 yards. Uh, they did have an interception. They allowed two sacks. But the Colts dominated on the ground. Um, The Vikings only had 95 yards passing. The Colts dominated on the ground 151 yards. The Vikings only had 80. Uh, The Colts, while the average wasn't as much, the Colts had a lot more rushing attempts, 40 rushing attempts as opposed to 18 for the Vikings. Um, And then just the possession, the time of possession. I think this was just a major, major factor. The Colts possessed the ball 38 minutes and 25 seconds. The Vikings only 21 minutes and 35 seconds. So, Derek, it certainly seems like the Colts are getting back to their identity of running the football and really dominating the time of possession. Yeah, and that's what we said they kind of needed to do. That's what we had in our keys to victory where, you know, if you're dominating the time of possession, most of the time you're going to end up winning because you have the majority of the time to make plays. And that's been the downfall so far early for the Minnesota Vikings. I know they haven't had the easiest of schedules They've, you know, obviously faced the Packers and then facing us, two teams that are really good at dominating time of possession when it comes to offenses. I mean, they just have been letting their opponents get double the amount of time on the field offensively than they have. And that's ultimately what it is that the Colts are going to have to do uh, to continue to win games. And it was great to see Frank Reich kind of get back to the just run the ball down their damn throats and just let everything else follow suit. Overall, it was much more effective today. The Colts were able to be more effective on how 
they were getting the ball to receivers, how they were running the ball. Everything just seemed to flow really uh, well. Obviously, a couple penalties that, you know, the receivers and a few of the penalties on the offensive line that we got, a few of those that stopped some of those drives. But outside of that, I mean, the Colts just looked I wouldn't even necessarily say they looked be- more. Uh, they looked way better than they did in Week One. I would just say they were a little more efficient on being able to sustain more drives and capitalize on more of those drives this week than they did last week. Yeah, and there were still a few different things to clean up. You obviously mentioned the penalties. The Colts had nine penalties for ninety-three yards. That's not good. The Colts also still struggled on third down. Um, they really were not great on third down. They were only three of 11, and they, they were two of four in the red zone. So those are a few things the Colts need to, to clean up a little bit. They had to turn over um, an interception thrown by Phillip Rivers. but Even though overall, we said both that that was not his fault. Right, not his fault for <laughs> sure. But overall, it was a very, very good uh, game overall. And Frank Reich acknowledged the Colts still need to be better in the red zone and on third down. So that's mm-hmm. a work in progress there. Let's go on to some individual statistics for this offense. Phillip Rivers was 19 of 25, 214 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He was sacked twice. Um, so talk to me about Phillip Rivers. A more efficient day for him, for sure. Uh, not as many turnovers and also not as many passing attempts. Yeah, I mean, he basically did half of what he did last week. I mean, down straight down the wire, and it was it was still good. It was still effective. Still 75% completion percentage. I'll take that all day long. And if you discount the two drops that they had, he was actually 19 of 23. So, I mean, honestly, like, it's one of those things where Phillip Rivers just continues to put this team in good positions to continue to succeed further on down the road. I know the numbers have not been eye-popping. It really hasn't. But that's going to continue to come with time. I think a lot of people just keep saying, oh, you know, because he's the veteran and he's supposed to come in right away and just click just like that. It's supposed to be that quick. No, it's not. I don't care how many years you have in this league. I don't care how many different head coaches you've had and how many great players you played with that have shaped your success. When you're playing with a whole new team, you didn't have OTAs, you didn't have minicamp, you didn't have a preseason all of these things come into account. And there were a couple times where Phillip Rivers had some throws that weren't actually clicking with the wide receivers. And that's going to, again, just take some more time. But mm-hmm. again, another efficient day from Phillip Rivers. I will take this performance every week. And as long as he continues to stay efficient and he keeps getting more passing touchdowns as the season goes along, I'm going to be very excited for Phillip Rivers. Absolutely. And you know, we mentioned this already, like the reason why you bring in Phillip Rivers is the fact that you don't have to make him throw 40, 50 times. And we were, that's why we were very puzzled that the Colts tried that in week one. It didn't work out for them. Um, but when you have a good, as good of a running game as you did uh, on Sunday, I mean, you don't have to. That's the reason why Rivers passing attempts were really cut in half. Jonathan Taylor led that charge. You had over 150 yards rushing. Jonathan Taylor led the charge with 26 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Um, The first Colts rookie running back to do that since Vic Ballard in 2012. And then Jordan Wilkins added nine carries for 40 yards. So overall, this running game was a lot more efficient, and they kept the ball moving, kept drives going. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to see 
first off, the offensive line being a little bit better in run blocking. That was the first thing we saw multiple times there, and they did a better job of opening up a few more holes for Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins to run through. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor's just a beast, man. He just does not go down when you hit him the first time. It, It is absolutely insane. He gets extra yards after that contact, which is absolutely great to see. I mean, I'm excited to see what this running attack continues to do. I like the idea of Jonathan Taylor taking the bulk of the snaps in the first half and then having Jordan Wilkins step into a larger role in the second. I think that's great because that keeps guys fresh and it keeps the defense like thinking, man, what the heck are we going to do? So another, it was a good, efficient day for the rushing attack. It was certainly much better. Could it get much? Could it get better? Yes, absolutely, it can. It could get a little more effective, but overall, it was night and day better than what it was week one. Yeah, and the thing is, the Colts committed to that running game, right? They really committed, as opposed to the week before when Marlon Mack went down. They kind of abandoned the running game, but yeah. you know, forty attempts overall. I mean, they they almost tripled the amount that Minnesota <laughs> did in this game. So absolutely great to see there. The Colts kind of getting back to their identity in that way. Um, let's look at the Indianapolis receiving game now. Mo Cox led the charge, stepping in from an injured Jack Doyle. He had five catches, 111 yards. He did have that kind of de- pass that hit off his hands and led to the interception. But overall, he, he caught five of six targets, 111 yards. Uh, his long was a 33-yard reception. Man, it has to be has to give us a little bit of a sigh of relief to see Mo Ali Cox really come into his own in this game. Oh yeah, I mean, is absolutely insane. I love that what Mo Ali Cox did in this game. Obviously, the one drop which led to the interception. Obviously, Rivers will give him crap about that this week and say, "Please hold on to the ball again next time." But outside of that, Mo Ali Cox caught everything that went his way, and that big catch in the third quarter that put the Colts inside uh, the red zone where they actually completed their first touchdown of the season in the red zone. I mean, that was a very pivotal moment because, I mean, 6'7", 275 pounds. I mean, good Lord, who can compete against that? He went up on that cornerback and it just looked like, it looked like a fifth grader trying to guard a, a high schooler and had no chance, no chance at all of defending that pass. I mean, that's what I want to see more of. And that's what Mo Alec Cox can do. It was great to see. Um, it gives you a lot more confidence going forward. Uh, if Trey Burton gets injured again, uh, we expect him to come back in a couple weeks, which will be great. And we don't know the extent of Jack Doyle yet. We expect him to be back soon, but we don't know yet. Um, it's nice to know that Mo Alec Cox came in, it was his time to shine, and he did it. He he led the team in, in reception yards and receptions. So it's a great thing to see Mo Ali Cox step up this way. For sure. And then the Colts kind of spread the ball around with their receivers. Michael Pittman was the wide receiver that got the most receptions. He had four for 37. T.Y. Hilton had three for 28. Zach Paschal, three for 19. Ashton Doolin had a catch as well. But the big storyline is T.Y. Hilton's big drop. He had a big drop in the end zone. He was running wide open, just completely drops it. Uh, Derek, I'm curious for you. Are you concerned at all with T.Y. Hilton in these first two weeks? Well, it certainly is eye-opening because we're not used to seeing T.Y. Hilton have to go through this issue. Um, I don't think he's washed. 
I know a lot of people will say that, but I I don't believe that for a second. Um, I don't know what it is right now. I really don't. Um, I don't know if it, it I don't know if it's nerves because I know it's kind of hard to say that like, oh, you know, T.Y. Hilton nerves. He's been in the league 10 years. How does he have nerves? Well, you know, this is a new quarterback for him. He's not really had a lot of quarterbacks to go with. And I don't know. I think it might be something to do with nerves because, you know, I it's the only way I can explain a veteran wide receiver having a case of the drops like this. I don't know. I mean, he's leading this team in drops right now. And that is just, that is just not going to fly. And if Paris Campbell's out for an extended period of time, T.Y. Hilton's going to have to step up even more. But um, I do think he listens. I do think he hears the criticism. I think he is going to continue to get better. Um, I don't think that he's going to have this issue all season. I don't believe that. Um, I mean, obviously, if he does, that's going to maybe hinder whether or not he gets another contract uh, for future reference. But I, I don't – I'm not, I'm not going to stamp – uh, the button on the panic button on that just yet. I'm not, not just yet. It hasn't been detrimental to us yet. I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to find his rhythm. I think again, it's just another one of those things where, yeah, Reich said that rivers and Hilton have had a connection very well early in the off season, but that's different when you come to play games. And I think that it might take a few more games for them to finally just click and it might be soon. And so I'm not I'm not ready to panic just yet, but it is a little concerning to see him dropping so many balls. It is a little bit. And another thing that's kind of concerning, Paris Campbell got carted off with an apparent knee injury. Now, the severity of that has not yet been released. We'll kind of have to wait to see what happens there, but did not look good initially. You know, Frank Reck even said I was standing right there. It just did not look great. Um just a devastating injury if indeed it is a season-ending injury. Hopefully it's something minor where he only has to miss a couple weeks, but he had to be carted off. He was in tears. I mean, just awful stuff like that. So, uh, Derek, man, that, that just that just sucks for Paris Campbell. It seems like he's just been so unlucky with the injury bug the first couple of years. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Um, you know, after week one, we thought, oh, this guy's got the potential. We're seeing it right before our eyes. And here we are again. We may have to potentially wait a whole nother year to see what Paris Campbell can do. It really does stink. Um, we're really hoping that it's not season ending. But, you know, if it is, uh, the other guys are just going to have to step up and then we're going to see what Paris Campbell can do next year. But, you know, it, it certainly isn't great to already lose. You've already lost your main running back this year and now you're going to lose one of your wide receivers but it does open the option for a lot of other guys. And I think this team has the potential to continue to bring in more guys that can help this team win. Yeah, for sure. And obviously hoping the best for Paris Campbell. This injury is nothing serious. Who knows, but you know, that's the hope. All right, let's move over to the Indianapolis defense. I mean, you talk about a stellar performance. This Colts (laughs) defense had probably one of their best outings in years. I mean, this defense only held Minnesota to 11 points, really three points throughout most of this game. Kirk Cousins was 11 of 26, 113 yards, three interceptions. The Colts got to him three times. Um, Dalvin Cook uh, only had 63 yards, and, and Minnesota as a team only had 80 yards rushing. 
And the Colts really did a great job of keeping the, the Vikings' main wide receiver, Adam Thielen, out of this game. It was one of our keys to seeing if you want to be victorious, you have to do that. I mean, just talk to me, Derek, about this stellar performance from this Colts defense. There's so much to talk about, Cody. I really don't even know where to start. I mean, I'll let you start it on where you want to continue to go with it. But, I mean, for, for just general of everything, I haven't seen a defensive performance this good from the Colts since what we did in 2018 when we shut out the Cowboys. I mean, that was the only other time I've seen a defensive stand like this in a while. I mean, yeah, you're right. 11 points, it was actually more like three. If you discount the fact that, you know, the Colts were up 28 to three with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, already praising victory at that point. You know, it's like, I, I it, this game was never close uh, outside of the first quarter. I mean, that, that three points they got uh, in the first quarter, that was all they had till the end. I mean, we can just break down each level of this defense. And my God, it was just, it was very, very sound from each aspect of this team. They're going to have to continue to get better. There's some things they can still work on, but every key we mentioned with this defense trying to get going, they did that this week. And ultimately that's why they won. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start with the defensive line. I mean, this is a group that had four sacks a week ago in Jacksonville. They have three sacks today, so not as many, but we felt like the consistent pressure was there, Derek. We felt like that was something the Colts did not have last week in Jacksonville. This week, they bring a lot more consistent pressure, and you got to start with the, the main guy in there. DeForest Buckner has a sack and a half. He is a force. He also had a safety that he forced on Kirk Cousins in this Vikings offense. Um, he had a tackle for loss as well. Man, DeForest Buckner, you talk about this three technique, how that is the position that makes this defense run. DeForest Buckner was playing out of his mind today, and this defense, as a result, was playing out of its mind as well. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it. DeForest Buckner needs to be that guy. And uh, Zach Hicks mentioned it earlier in the week. He said, you know, DeForest Buckner was a good player in the game week one against Jacksonville, but he needs to be a great player for this team to continue to have success. And he was a great player today. Three tackles, a sack and a half, had four QB hits today. Hit the quarterback four times outside of those sacks and was getting consistent pressure, and not to mention in the run game, was blowing up defenders and pushing them into the backfield, causing havoc and making Dalvin Cook not be able to hit his holes the way he wanted to. So... DeForest Buckner give a lot of praise, including that safety. He had a lot of great plays today, which is exactly what we wanted. Grover Stewart had a couple plays today where he was getting pressure up the middle where uh, Dalvin Cook was not able to make plays as well. So the interior of the defensive line was really good today and forcing Dalvin Cook to have to avoid the run holes that his offensive line was trying to uh, give for him so the defensive interior defensive line did a great job today. And then the outside yeah. edges, I mean, Danico Autry and Ben Banigou had a bunch of great plays today, stopping the run, keeping outside contained, crashing down on trap runs. I didn't even mention Tyquan Lewis. I mean, Tyquan Lewis had a sack too inside going up mm-hmm. against that right guard, taking advantage of the weak point. So, I mean, again, like you said, dude, the, Overall, the defensive line today just did their job. I know Dalvin Cook still had four and a half yards rushing. I get it. 
but it still made it more difficult for them to, you know, get going because they, they he got most of those. I, if I'm not mistaken, he actually got the majority of those, I think, in the second half. The first half, he didn't get very many at all. They kind of just wanted to continue to throw the football, and that just didn't happen. But getting consistent pressure on Kirk Cousins, ke- keeping Dalvin Cook from getting to the outside and forcing pressure up the middle, I mean, you couldn't have gotten a much better defensive line performance from the Colts than what you got this week. Absolutely. Here, This is kind of just a deviating from what we're doing. It just kind of came out as we're recording this. Paris Campbell did not tear his ACL today, so that is great news oh, for the Colts. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank yep. the Lord. So he's going to have an MRI <laughs> on Monday to kind of okay. uh, determine the full extent of what the injury is. That initially is great news for the wow. Colts. Great oh, news. Wow, that is great news. Hopefully, it's like we said earlier, hopefully it's just an MCL thing. Mm-hmm. And he might have uh, to be out for six weeks. But, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, great to that. hear. It's great to hear because you yes. never want to hear somebody get an ACL injury. But, um, yeah, it's great to hear that it's not an ACL. Yeah, speaking of ACL, let's talk about Malik Hooker. He may have torn his ACL again. He went out during this game. Uh, he, you know, we're not sure exactly yet. And the Colts aren't sure exactly yet what the extent of his injury is. But that's another one of note. We'll talk about the defensive backs here in a second. Um, but let's talk about the linebackers. Um, you know, not a lot of eye-popping stats that, ta- that come out. I mean, Darius Leonard's your leading tackler. He doesn't even have double-digit tackles. <laughs> I think this just has to speak on how good the Colts were at stopping the Vikings at third down when it mattered, right? They weren't on the field a ton, so uh, they didn't have a lot of tackles naturally. But Darius Leonard still had a good day, um, had a tackle for loss, and also almost had an interception. So he played pretty well. Um you know, overall, I feel like these linebackers, they played pretty good um, overall. I mean, the Vikings really were not able to do much anywhere. Um, did you did you see anything from these linebackers, Derek, that stood out to you? Not really. I mean, that's, the, that's kind of the good thing about this game is that the defensive line was doing so much, and the secondary was doing such a great job of holding down uh, this, these receivers that there really wasn't much for the linebackers to do. Like you said, Cody, the, the Vikings were only on the field for 21 minutes. So, I mean, there wasn't a lot of opportunities to actually go make tackles. And there weren't many tackles to make in the passing game because Kirk Cousins only completed like 35 to 40% of his passes. So, I mean, I mean, it's not, there wasn't a lot for them to do, right? I mean, it's the stats kind of mislead you in the sense that, oh, you know, they didn't do much. Well, they didn't do much because ultimately that's just how the game went. But nonetheless, I mean, the, the linebackers were still good. They were still active. A couple of tackles that they made in the run game that were pivotal. So overall, it was, it was a solid day for the linebackers. It was. And let's move to the defensive backs now. The The highlight of this defensive performance, the defensive backs without, I mean, without their number one corner, Rocky Asin, without Malik Hooker for most of the game. I mean, this defensive back group, they put on a show today. Mm-hmm. I mean, three interceptions. I yep. mean, that's really good, man. Three interceptions. And, you know, we said that too. We said that at the beginning of the keys to victory that, Kirk Cousins is a quarterback that likes to take shots. He is an aggressive quarterback. He's going to go do that. And the Colts were able to take advantage of that today. They were able to make the plays when they needed it. And the defense just stepped up so much in the secondary. Rhodes had uh, himself a decent game. 
Obviously, had to leave early because of cramps, but nonetheless, uh, I, I, he's fine. But ultimately, he still had a pretty, a relatively good game early on. And obviously, Rocky Sin was not there. But Julian Blackman stepping into his first NFL game and that dude laying the hammer down on some people and playing well in coverage, I love to see it. And Kari Willis, your guy, obviously had an interception today. TJ Carey having an interception today. Uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see TJ Carey play so well. So that was great to see. Kenny Moore obviously had a couple of big plays in the secondary. He had an interception. So overall, I mean, this whole secondary group just played phenomenal today. You couldn't ask for a better way to play. I mean, going 11 of 26 with like the best drive of Kirk Cousins the whole game was that last offensive drive that they had. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was... It was it was a phenomenal game. I mean, I hope they can continue to do it because whatever Eberflus did today, like for the whole defense, whatever Eberflus and those guys did to scheme wise get these guys into better positions, whatever they did, they did a great job. And I yeah. and I applaud Eberflus because he's not going to get as much attention from the fan base, but we're going to give him attention here on this podcast. He and his staff did a great job of getting these guys refocused and reorganized because you don't go from giving up 27 points to the Jacksonville Jaguars to then giving up basically three points against the Minnesota Vikings the next week. That was a really dominant performance by this defense, and Eberflus definitely deserves credit for getting these guys ready to go. For sure. Yeah. Shout out to Matt Eberflus. He did a great job. Great scheme. Everything was was great today. And then the last thing we'll talk about, man, the special teams unit was phenomenal for the Colts again. I mean, Rodrigo Blankenship. We'll start we'll start with him. He he had a miss last week, and a lot of people were saying we should have kept Chase McLaughlin. He came out and he answered a lot of questions today. He went four for four. He made a long of 44, and he also was good on two extra points. So he was great. Rodrigo, uh, or I'm sorry, Rigo Sanchez. I'm going to get those names confused so many times, man. <laughs> Rigo Sanchez had two punts for 87 yards. Um, he had one within the 20, and that one obviously led to that safety. So overall, man, great day from the special teams unit. Yeah, I mean, and Frank Reich said it at the very beginning, the Colts dominated in all facets, and special teams certainly helped. Hines had a good punt return that put the Colts in a good position um, at, at the end of the third quarter to score again. And uh, obviously Blankenship going 4-4 answered some of the doubt questions that people had. Um, obviously not a lot of kicks that were very long, but nonetheless he hit them. So that's all that matters. It's being consistent and, you know, and being really good like that. And obviously Sanchez having some good punts. Overall, I can't be upset. They did a really good job and, I mean, again, it's really great to know that your special teams is picking up the slack as well. Absolutely. Especially after last year with the debacle on extra points. I mean, (laughs) yeah, for real though, I was just, I was saying in the live stream, I was like, I'm so glad I don't have to worry about extra points being made anymore. I mean, and, and to see hot rod just bounce back really. I mean, after that miss that he had, he came back, he hit his last field goal and then he went four for four. So he's made five straight field goals now. So that's great to see from the rookie out of Georgia, uh, you know, respect the specs, man. He, he's been doing well. Yeah. And it's crazy too, because like when you saw those kicks today, 
I looked at it, and I don't know if you felt this way, Cody, but it felt like he was barely putting any leg into those at all. Yeah, they were perfect. They were like right down the middle. It was he was crazy. literally just trying to be straight. I didn't even see him put his full leg into any of those kicks. Right, right. Yeah, well, this is a great victory for the Colts, like we mentioned. I mean, it was one of the most complete games we've seen from this offense and specifically this defense. I mean, yeah. overall, a great, great team victory. From 1-53, to 53, every player played well um, for this Colts team. So, super awesome that the Colts are 1-0 and at home now. Uh, they travel next week to face the New York Jets. We'll be sure to have a game preview and all that fun stuff up, up for you guys soon. But for Derek and myself, thank you guys so much. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.